How about that? Good morning. How you guys doing? <clears throat> What's that? Good morning. How we doing? Good. I want you to wake up and sit up on the edge of your seat and listen because we got some really cool stuff to talk about. And but first, we want to say a prayer. Come on in, Father. We just uh, praise you for this day. We thank you for for what we just seen, Lord, on the screen. But Father, what we've seen over the last few years and how you've worked in us, through us, around us, in spite of us, sometimes, Father, we just uh, we thank you for where you brought us, and we thank you for where you're taking us, and I pray that you would uh, clear our minds and open our hearts, Lord, as we speak to how we take it to the next level for you, and Father, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. So I want you to repeat after me when I say this, we cannot outgive God. Let's do it one more time. We cannot, I cannot outgive God, you cannot outgive God, and we cannot because he always delivers. He always has, and he always will. And, and a lot of times, um, sometimes we're not sure where we're going to go, but we just we, sh- we show God, we give him faith, we stick with him, and we look and we see that, wow, uh, what he's done is amazing. So today, we've got a lot of exciting things to talk about. And I want to share with you, many of you may know this uh, story, many of you may not. Um, a lot of you, uh, most of you have been part of it, and uh, we're, we're sort of telling it as we go here, but want to ground us all in the story of kind of how we got together and the formation of that video. So the first point I want to talk about is just the call um, for a new way. So there was a point in time where there was, Several of us in this room and some that aren't with us today that just felt like we weren't on a very good track in the position that we were in. And we were getting away from, uh, or maybe we were going somewhere where we got away from the word. And so we had a thirst or a call um, in May of 2021 to find a place where Jesus is what's important and where where we get our messages straight from the Bible. Not from a book, not from somebody's opinion, but the truth. And the only truth is in the Bible, and we know that. So we were looking for a simple recipe, got Jesus as the way, and, and let's, let's focus on the Word. So we had a small group meet here in Powell, May 16th, uh, 2021, of 12 people. The second meeting was on the 20th, and there were 23 people. And we had our first service as we kind of broke away and started a new, a new movement on Sunday night, June 6th, at a place called Cornerstone, overall 640, in this church that sort of opened their doors and said, hey, we want to help. You know, you, you, need, you need help, you need a place to meet, so we'll go there. And it was wonderful. But we really didn't have a home, and we met several places over the, over the, last, over the next several months. And if you saw on the screen, uh, we were everywhere, okay? We, and I want to go through that with you. Uh, we met at Cornerstone for about six months. They met in the morning. We met in the afternoon. Um, sometimes we met late morning, sometimes the evening. Um, we did what we had to do to find a place. Uh, then we went to the Mason's Lodge in Powell. You might know where that is. Some of you were there. That was really good stuff. We had to move it all around and make sure we got it back. And the Grand Poobah stand, we had to get that right. You know, when we 
when we finished, but it was, we were just finding our way, right? And then we went to, um, we were there for three months, we went to Lifehouse Coffee Shop over beside the high school for about five months, and then we really got crazy and decided we want to take it up a notch, and we went to, we went to Hall's Cinema, and I remember talking to people about, hey, we're going to church, where are you going, where we're going to Hall's Cinema, are right, we going to watch a movie or what? No, we're going to church because that's it's a building, it's available, it's got seats, it's got it's got what we need. And then we went we went there for five months because we had a storm um, that took down the ceiling and part of the roof. And at the the uh, Lifehouse Coffee Shop location, we went back there for about two months, and we were looking for answers. And it was both an interesting and exciting time uh, in the history of this church. People were trying, we were all trying to move on from COVID, you know, it was weird. I remember sitting in the hall cinema thinking, this is really weird. You know, we've come out of this whole pandemic thing and we've all got all these emotions. We've been isolated. We're kind of getting back to normal, but not really. What is normal? We're not really sure. I'm not really sure we're ever going back to normal and that's okay. But we're trying to move on and figure out uh, where to, where, you know, where to go. The church was growing. Um, you know, this movement has never had a shortage of people that love God that wanted to make a difference, and that's a beautiful thing. So we were worshiping in spirit and meeting the needs of people. That was really cool, and picking up new attendees and patiently waiting on next steps, where we're going to go. And then God made his move, which he always does. Because Why? We cannot outgive God. Since inception, we've been praying about this church plant, right? And then we had a leadership meeting, and that was on the 28th of September at Brian Wood's house in 2022. And Brian is really smart, um, and he, he knows how to sort of organize things. And he said, hey, we need to do a SWOT analysis. You know, I'm like, what are we, going to business school here? And a SWAT is, stands for strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, right? So for any business, organization, movement, idea, it's good to run through a SWAT because you can understand quickly what are the gaps, what are you good at, what are you not good at, what's getting ready to hit you in the side of the head, all those kind of things, right? So we did that, and it was really cool that as we went through everything. The good news is we had a lot of strengths. We had a lot of people that love God, that wanted to make a difference, that were unselfish, that were willing to meet um, and do something. Thank you, Billy. And But what came up, and I guess we all kind of knew that, um, you know, we don't have a place. I guess we all figured that out. But it really didn't hit home until we did that because not in the strengths category, but in the weakness. It was a weakness. We didn't have a home. It was an opportunity. We didn't have a home. It was a threat. We didn't have a home, right? So in my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, we need a place, but hey, it's pretty cool to go to the cinema. But maybe not everybody thought that was cool, right? It's probably, it may have been hard to invite somebody uh, to go to the cinema. So uh, we needed a home, and it came out loud and clear. And right then, we knew that, okay, something's got to give, but because you can't outgive God, and we'd been praying, he'd already been planning. Um, 
We needed consistency, clarity, and direction. Um, and we talked a lot about that. We needed a home base. That's what we needed, right? We need, it wasn't about the building. It was about the location, the home, the community, where it was. And as we talked, Doug mentioned there was a local, there was a church that, hey, you know, there's, there's some challenges and opportunities there, and we've got challenges and opportunities, and we've been praying about it. And I said, you know, somebody said, well, I think it was Justin. Well, where's that at? He said, well, it's right over here in Powell. And we're over at Brian's house two miles away, and boom. Okay, we looked around at each other. Okay, this is weird. So we got in the car. Let's go now. Let's go look at this building. Let's go see what's going on. So we got in the car, or three or four cars, and we came over to the lighthouse where you are now, and we saw this beautiful building on a hill. And we got out of our cars, and we're like, okay, there's an opportunity here. Uh, there's, there's a beautiful building that needs more help, more people. There were certainly people here, but we, they needed more. We need to fill it up, right? And God had a plan because he found a group of people that needed a home, and he found a home that needed a group of people, and they were this close to each other because you can't outgive God, and he was planning on this the whole time. So we got out of the cars. I think there was 10 or 12 of us, and we walked around, and we prayed um, in, the, you know, in the parking lot, on the side, on the back, on that side. And it was just, it was, it was a miracle. Uh, meanwhile, Lighthouse leadership had been praying for change, uh, that God would bring people he could minister to. As we met with that team over the next, I think, three months, it was pretty clear we had the people in no facility, and they had the facility, and we're looking for more people. A perfect match right there. God is in the miracle business. That's what he does. First service we had, we're, and I don't have my number. You guys can help me. Christmas Eve, Saturday night, 12-24-2022. So what, 10 and a half months ago. And there were how many people in attendance? How many did we decide? 150. On Easter, we registered 212. We serve a God who's resurrecting things every day. He took a building that needed people and people that needed a building, and he put them together, and he did it within two miles of each other, right when we asked. How often does that happen? He gave us an opportunity, and we're going to talk a little bit more, to if we're this close to being debt-free as a, as a church. This close. You, we don't get these chances. They don't come along. If, you know, I've never been that close to being debt-free personally. If I ever do, I'm going to pounce on it. But he gave, he gave us an opportunity. And today what we're going to talk about uh, in depth is we're going to go, we want to go all in as a congregation, as a people, as followers of Jesus. We want to go all in. We want to get all of our debts paid so that we can do things for him. And we're going to talk just in a few minutes about what that means and why that's going to make a difference, not only in our lives, in each other, in this community, but in people that we don't even know today. We have been going through the series of Nehemiah. Now, Billy, first thing I need to tell you is that slide is a fake slide. Don't even use that one. Okay? Okay, you know that? Good. You're the man. Billy always knows this stuff. What's really funny is last year we went to TCTC. Remember you were at TCTC? And you said you came back and you said, I met 
one of your friends. Do you remember that? My roommate from college. You remember that? He's sitting here. Terry Ray, raise your hand. That's my roommate from college. For those of you that don't believe my stories, you can check with him afterwards, and he will tell you every one of them is the truth. They've not been embellished in any way whatsoever. Is that right, Terry? Huh? <laughs> there was a slight delay there. There was a slight delay there. <clears throat> so uh, we've been studying the book of, uh, it's good to have Terry here, his uh, mama, Eldana, his wife's here and his daughter's are, daughter is here and uh, thank you guys very much for coming uh this is uh we've been going through the book of nehemiah and nehemiah whether you realize or not is very very similar to our church it is so similar it is unreal as you read through it hopefully you have been doing your homework and reading through the book of nehemiah and as you read through it, you're like, oh, this has got a lot of similarities. One, there was a group of people, and they were scattered all over the place, okay? They didn't have a home. And Nehemiah's like, we got to go, we got to find this place. Wait, our hometown. Let's go back to the hometown, and let's build, and let's create our place. And so this is what's happening in the book of Nehemiah. There are 140 years, 140. 41 years they have been exiled. They've been roaming. It's just, it's been terrible, okay? They were taken prisoner. And, uh, and so Nehemiah says, we're going to build the wall. We're going to build the church. Now, if you happen to have read, I'm going to go to Nehemiah 6, but if you happen to read Nehemiah 5, you're going to find one of the main problems that we're going to talk about here in just a second after Andy and Brian get back into more of the, the building and the situation that we're in. But in Nehemiah chapter 5, oh, the people come to Nehemiah and they say, this is ridiculous. Do you know how much interest we've been having to pay? I mean, the whole chapter, chapter 5 is all about interest. And Nehemiah has to lay the law down. Stop paying interest. Quit it. It's like you're throwing money away. Why do you want to just get money and throw it away by paying interest. And you're going to find out about how much money we've been throwing away here in just a few minutes. And you're going to go, whoa, this is unreal. we got to quit throwing money away because that money could go to good use. And so in Nehemiah 6.1, let's look up here real quick. We've got our famous people that I've been talking about ever since chapter 1 that have, are against Nehemiah Sandballot. Tobiah, Geshem, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies found out that I had finished rebuilding the wall and that no gaps remain. Okay, you ready for this? The walls have been down for 141 years. It took them 52 days to rebuild the wall. And the enemies are freaking out because you can't rebuild the walls of Jerusalem in 52 days. It's not possible. And they did it. And they're like, holy smoke, this is from God. This is unreal. This is a miracle. And they're getting worried here. And so you've been hearing about these guys. And they're like, oh, they, they didn't have the doors and the gates up. And so they're, they're making the doors. They're making the gates. Keep going. So Sanballat and Geshem sent a message asking me to meet them at one of the villages in the plain of Ono. 
It's interesting that the plane is called Ono because as he said to himself, he's like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder what they read. But they were, but I realized they were plotting to harm me. So I replied by sending this message to them. I am engaged in a great work, and I cannot come. Why should I stop working to come and meet with you? That's our theme verse for this whole thing. I am doing a good work, and I'm not stopping. All in. I'm not coming down off this wall. I'm not stopping anything I'm doing. I'm getting this done because we're doing a good work. You guys get that? That's what this whole thing is going to be called. It's going to be called all in. And we're asking you to be all in. Now, the way they were all in was like this. It didn't matter who they were. They worked on their section of the wall. Do you guys get this? They just worked on their section. What's the weird part is, is if you just do your part, it gets done. Like this. Now, this is the really weird part because we didn't know this as we were planning it out. But if you remember, that's going along in sync with this at the same time, Ezra, he is, um, he was working on the temple, and as he's working on the temple, he finds the scrolls. Okay, so the temple's built, but he found the scrolls. The book of the law. And at the same time they are building the walls of Jerusalem, they found the sacred scrolls that have not been read for 141 years. And so they read them. And the New Living Translation actually translates the dates to our date. Okay? Today is October the 29th. The day that Ezra read the scrolls was October the 28th, back then. Isn't that weird? It took them 52 days to build the walls of Jerusalem. That's all, 52 days. And they were all, all the enemies are like, this is unreal. It's like a miracle is happening. They could not believe what God had done. And so... But he's like, I will not stop. We cannot stop. We've got a job to do. We're all in. We're not coming down. Now, there's a couple other times in the Bible where this kind of has taken place. So I found these for you so you could see them. In Acts chapter 4, it says the apostles got in trouble because they were preaching about Jesus. They had a big meeting. Okay? And the big wig said, okay. We're not going to kill you for preaching about him. We're going to let you live, but do not speak another thing. And don't, do not speak about Jesus at all. So they called the apostles. Okay. And Peter and John said to them, go on. We'll just go on. Do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. Same thing. We got a job to do. We're all in. We're not stopping. We are all in. The the apostles did this. 
30 years, the book of Acts encompasses basically the first 30 years of the church. 30 years to change the world. They would not stop. They would not stop talking about what they have seen and what they have heard in Jesus. Another one. This actually happened to Jesus at one time. Jesus was doing some teaching, and several of his followers were listening to him, and they said it was a hard teaching. Okay? And so, at this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Now, these are many of the followers that you... There were, there were his 12 apostles, and then there were many disciples. Many of the disciples just turned away because his teaching was too tough. And Jesus turned to the 12 and he asked, are you also going to leave? And Simon, Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We're all in. Where you go, we go. We're in. I think that's so funny. That's so weird that Jesus even turned to his apostles. Are you going to leave me too? No, we're all in. You have the words that lead to eternal life. And so I guess that's our challenge right here. So one of the other things that um, I'm supposed to talk about is tithing. And so, uh, unfortunately or fortunately, I was handed this task because uh, as a new church, we were still meeting at Cornerstone. I um, felt led by God for some strange reason, and that doesn't always happen to me, to stand up in front of a group and uh, talk about tithing, because we hadn't. We had just started meeting. We didn't have any kind of financial plan. We just started meeting. And so which was beautiful, right? That you're not focused on money. We're focused on what does God want us to do as the body of Christ? And that's what we did. And so because I stood up and spoke that day, um, Doug cheerfully uh, volunteers me every time we need to talk about money. So, um, <clears throat> but I'm gonna tell you a little story because, well, first I went for inspiration on this a little more planned out than just standing up uh, my favorite book in the, in the Bible is Matthew, and in Matthew 6, it's part of the Sermon on the Mount, just the one chapter, Jesus does an amazing thing if you're a church trying to figure out, or if you're a person trying to figure out what matters. And so I'm not going to read that, and, um, but I'm going to hit the highlights quickly because we're, we're running short on time. He talked about prayer, this is just chapter 6, prayer, fasting, he talked about money, and he talked about not worrying. So for prayer, it was the Lord's Prayer. And in that prayer, he talks about daily bread. In fasting, he says, don't be showboat about it. Don't put ashes on your head and show everyone that you are fasting, or I would say giving. Um, and then he talked about money uh, and talking about you can't love God and money. You cannot serve two masters. And then the last part of that chapter was don't worry. So from a personal standpoint, several years ago, um, our kids were in middle school. So that's been a long time ago. Sorry, Barry. Um, <laughs> we, we were looking to change churches. So we went to Powell Church. And I thought it was interesting, Doug talked about G.W. Bowles. 
So it was the first, maybe not the first time, but first or second time we had had uh, attended, but the first time since we were looking for a new church, G.W. Bowles stood up and spoke about money and giving and tithing. And it was the most authentic, um, unapologetic, and real sermon I've ever heard on money. Um, He spoke about how often Jesus spoke about money, how concerned Jesus was for all of us and our love for money. Eleven, some, one of you guys have to check me, make sure I'm running this, but eleven of the 39 parables were about money or possessions. That's 25%-ish. So it was important to Jesus that we understand where money is in our lives. And so over and over again, he talks about just, we just got to do the right thing. And again, my children have heard that a thousand times. Just do the right thing. When you're in doubt, do the right thing. It'll work out. And if it doesn't, have them call me and I'll take care of everything else. But the reality is it works. Just do the right thing. And in the case of giving, Jesus was clear on what we need to do and about tithing and giving to the storehouse. So... um, keep taking my glasses off and I'm sure I'm missing important things Uh, so I will tell you this that after that sermon my wife and I we always gave but we really committed to first fruits and to giving first fruits 10% before that time and for a little while even after that transition or during that transition I will say I still had to play the you know, gas pump roulette where you slide your debit card in and you hope um, there's money in there to cover the gas you're about to need. Um, and, and that happened for a while, but I will say it happened all the time. The, the times I couldn't sleep worrying about money, those things went away as we tithed. That's mainly what we did. We did not make some huge change in our financial planning. We just committed to tithing not doing the prosperity gospel here i'm just telling you our experience was real and that's what jesus is talking about in matthew 6 about don't worry he talks about money he talks about all those things we would short god 200 bucks one month because we were struggling as a family unit that month with the idea oh we're gonna we're gonna catch up we're gonna give it back well guess what you don't you know life keeps happening we committed to tithing, and I'm just, I don't understand it, and I don't need to. I trust God has worked things out. That was 15 or 20 years ago. I can tell you that being married 36 years and, um, you know, in charge of my own finances for 40-something, the last bit, the last few since we've been tithing have been better. So I, I won't sit here and tell you that, oh, you're going to get rich. That won't necessarily happen, not because you're tithing. What, what will happen is your life will get better, the life of the church will be better, and God just has a way. You can't outgive God. He has a way of multiplying the, that gift beyond anything we understand. And again, it's the right thing to do. It, it, Tithing is not about church finances. It's about putting Christ first.